when we actually very busy, when we live our life hectically and fill out our life with tasks and business, we leave no space for reflection and for enjoyment. Hello and welcome to the Life Outside the Lines podcast, where together we explore fresh perspectives on life, work, relationships and social change, inspiring your personal and collective rebellion and vibrant life outside the lines. I'm your host, Tamsin Wiley. Now, let's dive in. Joining me on the show today is Lara Zuyeva. On Lara's first day of work at an investment management company in London City, she remembers thinking to herself, wow, is this what I studied for? Is this what my life is going to be from now on? Going to the same office every single day doing a job that doesn't ignite any passion in me? Despite this, she stayed in the job for another seven years, all the time searching for what else she could be doing. She tried many things, from fashion, to jewellery making, to kickboxing, to circus performance, attempting to uncover what would make her passionate again about what she did, but nothing stuck. That is, until she discovered the way of tea. Now, through tea ceremonies, healing sessions, carefully curated courses and other events, Lara guides curious souls into the art of living slowly and experiencing connection to the simple joy of being. Her mission in this world is to transmit peace, presence, love and harmony to others through tea. Lara's tea ceremonies create space to find mindfulness, savour the moment and see the magic in the ordinary. Now, here's Lara. Hi, Lara, and welcome to the Life Outside the Lines podcast. I'm really happy to have you on the show tonight to discuss all things the art of slow living. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me to be here. I'm really happy to be here. Before we launch into our conversation today, and you're joining us from London and I'm here in Brisbane, Australia, I would like to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the land here in Brisbane the Turrbal and the Yagara people, and acknowledge that this is their land and pay my respects to their elders past and present. It would be really great if you could start tonight by sharing with us a little bit about what slow living is and what that what it means to you. Well, uh, slow living is a philosophy of life um, and it is a balanced and more meaningful and harmonious way of living and you know it's uh, for me it's more about the state of the mind the state of our consciousness uh, the way we do things rather than about things that we do the, the actual things that we do and for me it's more about the quality of life rather than the quantity of what we do how much we do how much we achieve it's about the quality of our I would say consciousness, our being, our state of mind when we do those things. And of course, to live this way, you know, in a very like mindful way, the the way of um, reflection, we, we really need to slow down our pace because when we're actually very busy, when we live our life hectically and fill out our life with tasks and um, business we really leave no space for reflection and for enjoyment, you know, the simple enjoyment of life. Um, 
being fully in what we do, um, really feeling each moment like thoroughly rather than, you know, jumping from one thing to another one. Um, and, you know, the, the slow living is about less is more. Uh, it's about beauty, finding beauty in simplicity and saying no to time poverty and like really connecting, really living connected life. Um, yeah, so that's my understanding of it. And has slow living always been part of your life or is this something that you had your own journey to get to? I think it's always in my life about sometimes being living slowly and sometimes not. <laughs> and of course, before when I was maybe before I was 30, before I was um, even like 30 something, uh, I was working in an office. So I would wake up and run to the office and then fill up my life with, with lots of activities, going to the theater, going out with friends, um, going to the parties, basically almost like every day, filling up life with, with something rather than just stopping and appreciating and maybe doing it rarely or infrequently, but actually really enjoying it. Um, and since I've been really like doing tea and um, since I had my child, I've been more and more uh, living this way. But it has, I have my moments still. <laughs> so in the last two years, for example, I had a very busy life uh, where I would, my, my son would start going to, to the swimming four times a week in, and I, we had to cycle quite far to that place four times a week after his school. And then I would have lots of tea ceremonies around London. So I would have to cycle there because I don't have the car. So cycling in any weather, like long distances with all the tea wear all over London. Um, and it really, I didn't realize, but I wasn't very living a very slow living life, slow life. Um, and only during lockdown, I realized how burnt out I was. So um, and it made me realize how funny it is that I'm an advocate for the slow life, but actually I, I wasn't really living it because I was trying to get every opportunity to serve tea and I was looking after my son on my own, doing everything on my own. And, um, yeah, I, felt I, I kind of like lost this slow living um, within all of that. Um, but then, you know, I also feel that life is about contrast and, these contrasting moments that teach us something too. Um, so now lockdown for me, I know like for a lot of people it, it has been a disaster, but for me it really brought me back to simplicity and slow living. Um, and sometimes, of course, I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities and I'm not doing much. Um, I'm actually like maybe should do this like and should create this course and should do these events and maybe produce more and take this opportunity to to do more but then I really connect back to this slowness of, of life and this um savoring in a way yeah savoring of, of moments and I have my ritual in the morning uh, which I feel for me is really important and ritual at night so, and these are like three hours in my day when I'm just like basking in being 
basking in um, slowness, you know. So, yeah. Thank you. So it's a journey. It's still a journey uh, to answer your question short, yeah. So it sounds like from what you've been describing about slow living that there's kind of different layers to it. So it's perhaps about um, doing less when you can and also you mentioned savouring more. I'm interested if you could share a little bit about what you mean about savouring and why that's important to do. Well, savouring means that you really stay with the experience for some time, really enjoying it really finding pleasure in it, really feeling it fully. Um, because usually what happens is that we actually don't savor things. Yeah? We, we just think to our head, for example, if we are eating something beautiful, we just say to ourselves or in our mind, like, oh, nice, and then start thinking about something else, jump to the next thought that comes along and forget about what we are doing you know like very um even if we eat something we we register that it's beautiful or it's very tasty but then start thinking about something else straight away so we don't really take our time to to just really enjoy and really find pleasure in whatever we are doing whatever whatever beautiful experience is happening to us um in all the spiritual traditions, what they say is that we really need to stay with the experience, whether it's beautiful or not beautiful, yeah, whether it's painful, just let it be, let let it arise through us, let it thro- flow through us, and really feel it, you know. Um, and I understand when it happens, when we avoid feeling it in the uh, with a negative experience, with a difficult experience, because it's it's unpleasant. And uncomfortable, but we even do that with pleasant experiences. Yeah, we never feel fully whatever beautiful experience we are having um, because our mind has this tendency to jump and jump and jump and jump to, to different things. And what it has been proven as well, um, I follow Tara Brach, who, who's a, who's a meditation teacher and uh, psychotherapist, and. She she talks about uh, there are three things that really can bring more enjoyment and fulfillment to our lives and uh, create new neural pathways in our brain that make us or, or help us see life in a more beautiful way and really feel more joy and happiness. And she said one of them is serving others, another one is gratitude. Uh, really feeling gratitude for the things that we have, for all the experiences that we have, even if they're negative. And the third one is savoring. So basically, savoring for something, anything, for 20 to 30 seconds a day, just for 20 to 30 seconds, already creates new neuropathways in our brain that are more wired to seeing positive, to seeing beauty, to feeling joy. And it can be anything. It can be savoring food um, which a lot of people don't do yeah because we are talking during food or we are scrolling or watching film and eating mindlessly or even having a shower and feeling how the water savoring the water flowing on your back so it's um really staying with the experience really feeling it with a whole being um 
that's for me what savoring is. You mentioned before the tea ceremonies that that you run. Could you explain to us what what that is? When people think about tea, usually we might just think of having a cup of tea in the morning or um, you know, as we go through our day, but what you're talking about is something quite different. Yeah. Um well, the tea ceremonies that I I hold um they are in the Global Tea Hut tradition, and Global Tea Hut is a school uh, in Taiwan, and a center and a community in Taiwan run by um, Westerners. But what they um, are teaching is that um, their, their lineage or their tradition is based on the Taoist ancient practices, um, on the practices that Zen monks used in their, t- in, in their life too. And it's that the ancient Taoist sages, they saw tea as a medicine, um, as a medicine for our mind, body, and spirit. They saw tea uh, ceremony, the tea, as a um, practice to cultivate awareness and mindfulness and be in the moment. Um, they used tea uh, as part of their spiritual practices to slow down, to stop, to connect them to the present moment, and so the tea ceremonies that I use, they are their whole ritual um, that helps us connect to that something very important within us, and to slow down and really enjoy the life of simplicity. Because this um, Taoist sages, they actually um, left the world behind, and they would retreat into the mountains and live in simple huts. Uh, enjoying calligraphy, painting, meeting friends, um, being in nature a lot, drinking tea. And because they all realize that life is life is about simplicity and you can really find beauty and magic and incredible um, pleasure in the simple things in life. We don't need a lot of achievements. We, need, we don't need a lot of um, accomplishments in our life to feel peace and harmony and fulfillment in our lives. So the tea ceremony that I'm talking about is basically a ritual, a, a ceremony that is designed to connect us to that simplicity, to that magic in the ordinary without us actually retreating into the mountains, but maybe making the mountains come to us, the, the simple hut coming to our table, to our tea table. And it's an opportunity to stop and to, to just stop and have that space to just be, which we rarely have, you know, uh, because we are always feeling that we have so many things to do, that we um, we have so many emails to answer and soups to cook and, um, I don't know, like work to do and so many important books to read so we rarely feel like we have this time and space to to just be and every time we sit and just sit to just be to to do nothing we have this in especially in the west uh, this inherent guilt uh, ingrained in us that do something useful you know do something important so tea ceremony or tea um really creates this gateway, this opportunity and excuse to for us to stop because when we drink tea we don't feel that guilt in us. We we actually just we are drinking tea. I, I'm not doing nothing. I'm actually drinking tea. 
But in that time, in that space, something magical happens and we, we stop, we exhale. And all we do, we just drink tea and hopefully enjoy it too. And then in that space, when we stop, something miraculous happens. You know, we connect to that beingness that creates opportunity for us to uh, to rest. Yeah, to rest. Yes, I really liked what you said about the tea ceremony giving us the opportunity to bring the mountain to us in our modern lives. And um, when I did the virtual tea ceremony with you, it really felt like that. Um, it felt that I there was this space for, as you say, beingness to arise, but I actually felt that what came through in that beingness was was life or was aliveness, that in the day that I'd had leading up to that, which had been very busy, was not something that I was really connected with. So it was quite a profound experience. And I'm curious to uh, to know more if you've experienced that same sort of sense of that slowing down and spaciousness actually allows you to commune more deeply with life. And as well as tea, I'm curious about what you do in your morning and evening ritual that you spoke about. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Yeah, what you said about the It's Bringing Tea ceremony in that space when we stop and drink tea, uh, it brings life to us, yeah? We become more alive. And that's what I feel, that's what happens, is that when we when we stop, when we slow down, there is a certain flowing that happens. There is a certain... Um, we really life, live life through those moments. We, we then flow, we, we pulse, we feel life, we feel very sensually connected with our whole being. So this is like the whole life is arising through us. Yeah, I really, I, I really resonate with that. Um, and in my morning rituals, I, well, I wake up, yeah, uh, and I do this morning kind of like embodiment practice when I'm just in bed. I just started it recently, but it really helps me to just breathe into my heart, breathe into my womb, and really like feel love for just saying to myself, I love you. Uh, it's a very simple practice, but a very short one, but really connects me straight away to the body rather than start thinking about something else. And then I have tea. I have tea for one hour. That's my ritual. And it really, it's a very slow transition for me into the morning. And I know that when we spoke with you that I, I told you that I can't really talk too much in the mornings because I feel like I need this time to really slowly transition into the demands of the world. Um, and tea really helps me with that because I, I sit, I drink tea. Tea has... Um, caffeine so I'm I'm really waking up with each bowl and I'm really savoring and it's a very beautiful embodiment practice again that takes us from our mind through savoring into our body really being in the body and being in the morning starting in the morning from being in the body is um it's an incredibly powerful ritual so yeah so I drink tea I really connect to my body through tea, um, to the present moment. And it's, yeah, as I said, like I sit for one hour. So I drink tea, then I sit, 
that I drink tea, that I sit uh, like that. Um, and then I pray, uh, or I dance, and I dance. I dance as well for 15 minutes. I dance because I feel it's a very different energy, and it's again another embodiment energy that um, takes us. Um, it's create it creates another energy, like a more because I I dance to some very happy music, you know, pop music, even sometimes sensual music, and I feel that dance is a very important feminine practice that really connects us to the feminine flow, uh, to the love for ourselves, to the appreciation of ourselves. Um, so that's my ritual in the morning. And then I'm ready. I'm ready to wake up my son. I'm ready to face the world and cook and uh, take my son to school. Um, but for some time before or when I gave birth and my son would wake up before me and, you know, I wake, I open my eyes, he's there in front of me and he was little, of course, but he would start screaming or demanding things and I had to jump and cook and answer to his demands. That was extremely stressful for me and I, I don't understand how people wake up and get ready and go straight away to work. For me, that would be extremely stressful and so when... I was waking up like that with my son. I realized I, I will wake up at five or four. I don't care. I just need this time on my own. Otherwise, I become extremely aggressive and angry without this time. So, um, yeah. And in the evening, my ritual is meditation. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. If people um, are interested in moving to a slower way of living, but they may, as you said, even there's a tension even in your own life, and I know in mine too, even though we're both advocates for slow living, to actually sometimes find that time to slow down or we we both found that we were, um, you know, scheduling too many things. If somebody's coming from that place right now, so they're listening and their life's very, very full, very busy, they're rushing constantly, feeling this desire to slow down but not quite sure how to go from that to for example, having created an hour at either end of the day for those sorts of practices, what would you suggest in terms of introducing some practices that take up less time to begin with or um, how to make some more space and slowness in your life when you are starting from that place of real busyness? Um, I really feel that... um a morning ritual would be amazing and you don't need to sit for one hour with tea uh, it can be just three cups of tea or three bowls of tea um, just sitting in silence with tea and really just you know just enjoying it uh, fully uh, it can create the whole new dynamic to the day because how we start the day can create the whole you know ripple effect on our on the rest of our day so if there was one thing that I would advise is to to have three bowls of tea in silence as soon as you wake up um, and really enjoy them before switching on the phone, before checking anything. So um, before talking to people, just sitting with tea straight away in silence. And just doing that for maybe like a month and seeing what kind of um, difference it makes to your life. 
and it can have a profound difference. And I think everybody can find half an hour in the morning. I know there are a lot of people who wake up late and they go to bed late and they say that they're not functioning in the morning. But I think and I feel strongly that we can always find half an hour in the morning, however busy we are. Even if it means waking up a little bit earlier each morning. I mean, I would say you can have tea in the evening, but usually um, usually tea contains caffeine and it uh, stimulates our nervous system quite a lot. And I, I wouldn't recommend to have um, maybe tea before you go to sleep. So, um, And for a lot of people, it's difficult just to sit and meditate straight away. Uh, so something with that is a meditation in in movement, meditation in action, which is a tea ceremony. Yeah, tea. Uh, putting the kettle on, maybe lighting a candle. Now it's very dark in Europe, especially. Um, so in the morning, so it creates the whole new, like the whole warmth of atmosphere straight away. So yeah it, it already sets the tone for for the whole day so i would definitely recommend to start from the morning tea ceremony but then you know it's um the whole the whole teaching is that it's not just about tea ceremony yeah it's about applying it to life and then drinking water from like having these micro moments throughout the day to 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 apply that you know, so we drink water quite a lot. So having water and drinking it in a very mindful way, that creates a micro moment of practice already. It's, it's, it doesn't have to take long. Yeah, it's one second, five seconds. But if you do it really wholeheartedly with love and mindfully and slowly, it's already a very small practice that can create a ripple effect as well on our whole life. So... um Maybe even to start with those small moments, if you can remember. But I think uh, tea teaches us, you know, it trains us, uh, especially if we drink it in the morning, um, to remember those moments when they happen afterwards throughout the day and to to do the tea ceremony to those moments as well. Thank you. Yeah, I love that idea of micro moments and and weaving in that uh, level of attentiveness and pleasure and savoring into the things that we're doing anyway through our life. To me, that sounds um, like a really freeing concept because it allows us to bring aliveness into the everyday things and to find those those moments of pleasure throughout a day that we may miss. I think it's sometimes it's just about connecting to them because they're they're potentially there anyway. And I agree that setting something up in the morning helps get that into the right headspace and, you know, whatever that will be for each individual person and some people that, you know, what that looks like I think is quite personal. But all the things you've suggested have been very much part of the everyday and I've heard you say before, I've read you writing about the the concept of the mundane as sacred. You know, you haven't suggested doing some big fancy thing outside of ourselves, or some big spiritual quest that involves some external thing outside of the everyday life and it would be really great if you could explain a little bit more about the concept of the mundane as sacred um yeah it's um 
It's a beautiful concept because, you know, um, we are human beings, yeah. We have a human human side uh, and the being side, uh, the being that is having this human experience through us. And this being part, it's everywhere. Like we, we don't see that maybe, we don't experience that, but this consciousness, this uh, spirit, it's, it's everywhere in us and everything is infused with it. So it all, every object, you know, every living being, um, everything. So when we, when we just feel like we need to connect to that sacred part in us, uh, we are maybe missing out on it because everything is sacred, you know, and um, to see the beauty in the simple things, uh, to celebrate life as something very sacred is really important. And what I what I find is that, you know, um, some, some spiritual teachings, they teach us to transcend this life, yeah, to, to get to God or to transcend, to transcend this body, to transcend this material world. But in, in the teachings that are close to my heart, we, they teach that God is everywhere in all the small moments, you know, in all the small things. So it's actually through, we, we get to God through savoring life, through our senses, through through really uh, living life fully every moment. And so life passes so quickly, um, you know, and a lot of people, they, they really crave this. What, what we really crave is this deep intimacy with life, this, this really profound, meaningful connection with life itself but we are all constantly in our head and life passes us by so by meaning we there is sacred in the mundane is that when we start coming back to each moment and really celebrating life in its simplicity we don't really need to get to somewhere special you know like a weekend or a beautiful event or a holiday because the sacred the beauty the profound connectedness and intimacy is in every single moment in life um, that we just miss out by getting, trying to get somewhere special as we think. And seeing the sacred in the mundane, seeing the sacred in the ordinary, the magic in the ordinary, is what for me... Um, spirituality is about the, the the teaching is about is actually being here in life fully as a human being and really like living and accepting each moment fully and accepting all of us fully too like our humanness um which is for me is very important um not judging ourselves you know really like loving accepting each part in us as well which is also sacred we think of it as very um, maybe not nice or, or dark or not beautiful um, ugly sometimes but really just accepting fully who we are accepting fully each moment um, of our life seeing 
the magic in the tree, in the nature, seeing the magic in the cup of tea. And we all had these moments as well, you know, when we just... And those moments of really deep connection, they usually happen in, I don't know, when we drink tea. That's what then it usually happens. And when we see a beautiful sunset, when we see maybe birds being busy with their life, you know, just like floating around or feeling the breeze of um, air, like a wind on a hot summer day. These are the moments that suddenly like something within us stops and we see the whole interconnectedness, the beauty of it all. Um, and that's what I mean by seeing the, the sacred in, in simple life's moments that we don't see and we don't notice because we are always running somewhere, thinking that this moment is nothing but somewhere. When we get there, we are going to to be happy. But no, <laughs> it's here already. It's now. And seeing that sacredness in the here and now, that's very important. I feel quite emotional as I'm listening to you say that because I feel there's a lot of it's just really resonating. There's a lot of wisdom in that feeling that life is happening to us and if we're moving so fast, we're missing it. And if we're rushing towards or focused on what we think will bring us life, whereas if we slowed down and noticed that is life, um, it makes me feel that that's a really important message in a, such a fast-paced world. And I'm curious to what actually you would think about how the world would be different in a bigger picture. So we've talked about, um, you know, individually how people feel if they slow down and live more slowly. But what do you think that the ripple effects would be if um, globally or as a society the art of slow living was something that was more mainstream rather than this hustle culture and uber productivity and everything running on double speed mm. i feel that we would consume less uh we would uh, connect more like a person to person mm. we, we would feel more peace and and harmony inside and more fulfillment and satisfaction and people who who are fulfilled and satisfied, they don't need to consume a lot. They don't need to prove themselves, their value to, to to others a lot. So it's more. It would be more about um, just living peacefully and connectedly every single moment. But at the same time, you know, I feel that contrast is so important <laughs> too because, you know, if there was only light, uh, we would not really perceive light. Yeah, if there was only peace, we would probably not uh, really perceive peace as peace. You know, we need contrast to really appreciate certain moments in life. So um, I, So I guess... It would be an idealistic world, but I don't somehow feel that it's possible. <laughs> and we do need some friction to really appreciate that kind of uh, slow living and peace more and to, and to, to grow too, in a way, to develop 
Mm. Yes, and you spoke before about this concept of being more with our full humanness as well. So that is the light and the shade Mm. and that is it's not a spiritual transcendence where you somehow escape the experience of being human. Uh, It sounds to me that it's more Mm. grounded in more fully living the full spectrum of our human experience in this world. Yeah, just just accepting everything as it's arising in us, even those you know, um, violent parts of us, and um, I don't know, like those you know, jealous and envious and greedy and all those you know things that very like considered to be unacceptable in our society. You know, we are punished for those, but actually. I, I, what I came towards is that we cannot really transform those into anything else unless we really embrace them first, really go into that feeling, like really go into that inkling of jealousy, really go into that inkling of violence and aggression within us, really, instead of turning away from it, like because it's like, oh my God, it scares us. Uh, and looking away and trying to think happy thoughts and love and light, actually, I feel that it doesn't transform it at all. I feel it just goes into subconscious and then it explodes at some point, you know, and it continues to manifest in our life. But accepting all our humanness is actually like turning towards it and really, okay, you know, I'm feeling violent at the moment. I feel. I don't know, jealous or envious of, of a friend who who is um, I feel achieved or like is achieving much more than me. And instead of like feeling like a it's a bad friend ship from me and turning away and trying to wish them good, actually I feel it's much more important to really turn towards it and say yes, I'm jealous right now, and it's okay. And really feel it, how it manifests in our body. Really let it flow, letting it flow through our body. Like, oh, wow, this is how jealousy feels. The whole spectrum of the human experience. And I'm sure everybody has it all. And usually people who deny it in themselves are usually the, quite the most profoundly aggressive and violent and, and jealous. So, yeah, I feel it's it's extremely important if we want to transform or transform tran- transmute things into love yeah and be love and light we initially need to go into that darkness and that's the 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 truth for me at the moment Mm, thank you for sharing that if people who are listening are curious to find out more about the work that you do in the world and your tea ceremonies and the other things that you offer where could they go to find out more information? Um, they could go to my Instagram, which is uh, with tea lovers, but tea, not as a word tea, but letter tea, with tea lovers. And the same with uh, tea, letter tea, hyphen lovers.com, my website. Um, so I think these are the main portals at the moment, Instagram and Facebook as well, uh, and 
on my website. Yeah, I, I update it quite regularly. And you offer mm. ceremonies in London where you're based and virtually, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's, I mean, I know I came to one from Australia, so, um, and I was surprised actually by yeah. the fact that even though it was virtual, it was felt very intimate with the other people, even though I think we were spread across three or four countries and and it still had that really deeply meditative and, and present feeling, which I was a bit surprised about being that it was on Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how it works, yeah, virtually. It's like there is no time and space. We are all connected. Uh, it still feels like a human, beautiful, uh, intimate connection when we gather together with tea in the, in that um Mm, it really did. It felt that connection felt alive, and it yeah, it was profoundly um, relaxing and enlivening. I'm curious to hear from you if you could describe what uh, living outside the lines feels like to you, or how it makes you feel. What would you say if you could choose just say maybe three words or a short sentence? Uh, I would say it's uh, meaningful, uh, connected and fulfilling it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today and i know i will go away reflecting on this conversation and pondering it um through the rest of the evening and probably the next few days and i thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience with me and with our listeners mm. thank you so much for inviting me if you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Curious to learn more about creating your own life outside the lines? Get your free guide at the link in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep living outside the lines.